You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today I want to talk about the LGBTQ movement and the decay of the family. And I, I'm going to go to an unlikely place to, to discuss this. But before I get into that, I want, I just want to remind us because I don't want to create this ethos on my show that it's kind of like us versus them because I used to be them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just by God's grace that I'm now us and you as well. We all used to be them and now we're us because of Christ. And I'll just remind you of in Ephesians 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And in Romans 5, 8, it says, uh, Paul says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So let's keep that in mind as we talk about this, because I don't want, again, to get into, you know, they're the bad people, we're the good people, because it's just by God's grace. And so actually this episode, I what inspired it was a podcast by Michael Heiser on his Naked Bible podcast. It's podcast number 80 where he gets into Leviticus chapter 20. And of course, Leviticus chapter 20 is a famous passage in, in Leviticus that talks about homosexual behavior and other sins that um, are capital crimes. But and what's interesting is how he framed it. And he, he used um, this source, this guy, Jonathan Milgram, as uh, he gets into it by using Jonathan Milgram's um, commentary on Leviticus 20. And so what is what fascinated me is we we all know kind of the list and I'm going to read the list of sins and in, in Leviticus 20, but we all we don't usually focus on the verse right before those sins. And it's fascinating because it really kind of set off alarm bells in my head. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this makes so much sense. And, um, so I want to tie this together with the family and how the family is attacked by several things, but, um, including the LGBTQ movement. And so in Leviticus 20, I'll just read starting from verse nine. Now that's the key because. Verse 10 is the list of all the, the capital crimes. But if you start at verse 9, you see why those, those, uh, sins are very, um, abhorrent to God. So in verse 9, uh, Le Leviticus chapter 20, it says, for anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. So, in other words, this whole passage starts off with the idea of honoring your father and mother. So, 
Then it goes on in, in verse 10 to say, if a man commits adultery with his, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Verse 11, if a man lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man takes a woman and her mother also, it is depravity. He and they shall be burned with fire. That's pretty harsh. That there may be no depravity among you. If a man lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall kill the animal. That's obviously bestiality. If a woman approaches any animal and lies with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. So these are pretty horrific things. And and again, the death penalty is the the punishment for these sins uh, in the Old Testament. Now, I understand, and Mike Kaiser, if you're watching, I know that this is in the context of Israel, but I want to draw, I think the principle of this uh, kind of applies to us today, and I'll, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. But first, let's, let's look at what Michael Heiser says and what uh, Jonathan Milgram says. So, verse 9, he says, Michael Heiser says, verse 9 begins the list, the bigger list of death penalty offenses. And then he quotes Jonathan Milgram. And this is Jonathan Milgram's quote. The fact that a law regarding the dishonoring parents heads a list of prohibited sexual unions, the fact that this list of death penalty offenses is led by a law regarding the dishonoring of parents is hardly an accident. On the contrary, it is crucial in understanding the providence of the entire list. And he goes on, the unstated premise that dishonoring parents is basically leads to the breakdown of obligations to one fa- one's father and mother. This leads to, to the breakdown of relationships. And then back to Michael Heiser, he says, when Michael Heiser is commenting on this, he says, so essentially he's saying, look, the reason why this list of prohibited sexual relationships that get the death penalty begins with the dishonoring of your father and mother is because all of these are perceived as efforts to destroy the family. And when you destroy the family, you destroy the whole society. I've talked about this before on the show when talking about Marxism and um, all kind of kinds of isms that destroy the family. And also just the sexual revolution and uh, the gay movement and um, kind of TV and movies that have sought to destroy, attack the family for the last and the New York Times and so on to attack the family for the last 50 years and plus 50 years plus. And so back to Michael Heiser, he says, so in the Israelite mind, if you have a person doing this, like doing one of these sins, then the logic, the logic is you're doing that. No, you're doing it knowing full well that the result of what you're doing will destroy the family unit and will encourage other families to destroy the family unit unit. Now, the, and Michael Heiser talks about this in the podcast, the, the, the whole kind of thrust of this 
in Leviticus for the, for the Israelites is that the, this is God's people that he's going to bless the nations with. So it's very crucial that the, the, fa- that these families stay intact and that the propagation of the families continues and, and that, um, the, fu- the family flourishes and, and that it continues because we, we need Israel to exist so that we, because that's where the Messiah is going to come from, from. So, um, he goes on to say, Michael Heiser says, you are attacking our very existence as a people and as a culture. In other words, you're trying to undo us is what he's saying about this passage and what Jonathan, um, Jonathan Milgram says. And then he says, if these boundaries are not observed, everything is going to break down because of all the things tied to it, not just theology and religion, but property, the ability to sustain yourself, the ability to stay alive. Because if the family units are broken apart, it's very easy to deny women and children, especially they're the real victims here. It's very easy to deny them livelihood and provision and sustenance because this is a subsistence culture. So in in that culture in antiquity in Israel, the women and children were very much dependent on the man in this uh, agrarian culture, this subsistence culture. Um, so this would be devastating to to them uh, if the family is disrupted by this these kinds of sins. And then he goes on to say, this is why the whole list begins with dishonoring of your father and mother, because you are attacking. And this is where the attack begins. You are attacking the nuclear family. And that's why for all these things, that person must be put to death. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a harsh punishment, you know, in, in the, in, in the Old Testament, Yahweh saw these things obviously as very, um, very ab- abominable. So, um, here, and then he goes on to say, um, but the point of the passage and the point of this kind of theology is that you do these things in the setting. You do not do things that I left, if left unchecked, will amount to the disappearance, the disillusion of God, the people of God. You just don't do that. And so the rules are basically meant to be stop gaps to immediately halt any sort of progress down that road. So to, to our ear, they sound terribly harsh and they are harsh. Uh, if someone winds up dead, of course, that's harsh if they, if they get the death penalty, but there is a thought press a process behind them. And so that's, that's the key thing. It's, uh, preserving the family. It was so, it was obviously crucial to preserve the family in Israel and it still is today. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but the last thing Michael Heiser says is, um, He's talking about the sexual relationships. Uh, and he says he's not thinking of how I can keep them from having as much. It's like God, Yahweh is not thinking how he can keep people from having as much pleasure as possible. That's not the point. The point is about the stability of the people who he raised up through Abraham and Sarah, perpetuating their existence. And there is a peripheral thing about how God knows what will make us happy the kind of relationships that will foster happiness and good relationship and good character and all that stuff and and those that won't 
So that's what Mike Heiser says about um, Leviticus 20. And it's just, it's fascinating to me because we're kind of still, we're still, obviously there's, these aren't capital crimes anymore. I mean, praise God they aren't. <laughs> Adultery and homosexual behavior, they're not capital crimes. Uh, I would have been dead years ago. But that's, this is the interesting thing about gay marriage, as it's called, um, is that for years, it, it was just kind of the, the idea of the, 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 the gay movement, the LGBTQ community was kind of like, why do you care about our private lives? Why do you care about what we do with our private lives? And what is it to you if we get married? And, and I'm going to, I mean, I want to focus on homosexual behavior, adultery and all of these other sins are, are just as heinous and they, they break down the family. Um, I mean, obviously bestiality, I don't know who's, who's doing that, but, um, but adultery and homosexual behavior, they have this very destructive effect on the family and gay marriage it may seem innocuous. It may seem innocent or it may seem like it's no big deal. Like why can't these two people who love each other be married? But what it does, as we're seeing, obviously it, it, it tears at the fabric of the traditional family, the, the family that God designed the with a mother and a father. And it tears at that fabric it, and it attacks that, that fam family. And we see the very destructive results of that today. Obviously it's all around us. I mean, we see, we see it in mental illness and drug addiction and homelessness, mass incarceration, violence, even, you know, Antifa like that. All of these kind of ills of society that we see now. And I've talked about this in an earlier episode. I'll, I'll try to find that the attack on the family, but it's why we are where we are today. I mean, it's a lot of the reason why the culture is so messed up right now. And it's because, and I'm not saying that this applies to every single parent or I trust me. I, I know it doesn't. I know there's, there's a lot of, very healthy kids who, who get raised by a single parent. I'm not attacking that, but I'm just saying in general, um, our culture, our society is decadent. It's, it's in a state of decay because of the attack on the family by, by the LGBTQ community, by, um, by adultery, by broken marriages that are, that are a result of adultery. Um, and so all of that stuff adds to this. I mean, that's why in LA, it's crazy right now. I mean, there are homeless encampments everywhere. It looks, it looks like a dystopian, <laughs> dystopian city. It's bizarre. If it's really weird. When I first moved to LA in 1993, it wasn't anything like this. And, now it looks completely dystopian and bizarre. And, um, and it's like, well, how did we get here? How did we? And, 
and again, and I, I don't want to get into politics, but I just have to say, like the this is the elites want, put in all these kinds of programs and all these um, policies that add that aid and abet this, that add to the destruction of the family, that add to the problems that we see in the in the culture. But they're, they have the ability to be kind of isolated from all of that. They live in gated communities and they, they don't have to, they don't have to be, they don't have to deal with it. <laughs> they don't have to be in the middle of it every day. And so, um, it's just, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre world right now that we live in. And again, and again, I mean, talked about mass incarceration. It's like, why are there so many people in prison right now? What, where did that come from? Where, why are there so many homeless? Where did that? And homelessness is often a result of, first of all, drug addiction, which leads to men- mental illness, which leads to homelessness. And of course, we need to love and care for people who are homeless and, and do whatever we can. But what I'm, what I'm objecting to is the the culture and the people that the elites who who through media and TV and movies etc who attack the family and then we're left with this we're left with with what's going on and so I'm not angry at the homeless people I'm angry at the elites who set up policies that result with this and. So yeah, why is there so much violence right now? Why is there so much mass incarceration? Um, and it, it goes back to the family. It all goes back to the family. Um, when the family is intact, when the family is what God designed it to be, um, then we flourish as human beings. That's why God designed a husband and a wife. And that's why he designed sex to be expressed within the context of a covenantal union between one man and one woman, because that's how humans flourish the best. If we, I say this all the time. I mean, if we go outside of that context, if we, if we have premarital sex or extramarital sex or homosexual sex or bestiality, that all leads to destruction. It all leads to a decay, a, de- a decadence of society and a decay. And so that's where we are in our culture. And that's why it's so important to go back to the word of God and to understand why, why does God prohibit sex in certain contexts? Why does he care about, why does he care that two men have sex? Why, why does he care? And it's again, because he wants us to flourish. And I gave this example before of my dad uh, nailing my my sister's window shut when they were in high school because he didn't want them... Because my, my sisters would sneak out and go see their boyfriends or go party. I don't know what they would do, but they would sneak out of their bedroom windows. And I remember seeing my dad nail their window shut. <laughs> and... It's like, why did my dad do that? Because he loved them. Because he cared about them. He cared about their uh, safety and security and flourishing. He wanted them to flourish and not, um, not, not get pregnant and, you know, outside of marriage and not have sex outside of marriage, which leads to so much pain. And, 
And, and I've talked about this before too. And that's how our heavenly father is. Like he cares about us. He cares about our flourishing. He cares how we live because he wants us to flourish as humans. He doesn't want, and I, I see it over and over again. Like when I lived as a gay man and when I lived in that world, there was so much destruction, so much around me all the time. It was just like alcoholism, drug addiction, sex addiction, like multiple partners. It was just all the time. And I, I lost several friends to AIDS um, I've lost, you know, I've, I've, so many of my friends have wound up, uh, in a place of complete brokenness because of addictions to drugs and alcohol and sex, et cetera, et cetera. And I just see that all around me. I mean, I see my friends now who were very active in, you know, in their twenties and thirties in the gay world. And, and now they're getting older and you just see the brokenness in them. You see how they're, you, you almost see the regret on their face um, because it's a very destructive life. It's a very destructive world. And that world is very destructive. And I know media likes to paint it as this beautiful <laughs> kind of <laughs> fantasy, but it's not. It's It's a very destructive world. And again, God knows... Father knows best. Like our, our father knows best and he knows what is going to give us the most peace and the most flourishing in this world, in this broken, fallen world. So I hope that helped you. And if you want to support this show and this ministry, please, um, there are links below. I really appreciate it. It, you know, it takes, it takes a few people to, to keep this thing going. So, and I also want to get, um, to a place where I'm doing more shows per week. So that's going to take more, more help and more money. So thank you so much for watching and I will see you next time on the Beckett Cook Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of the Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinise Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.